0: Good morning, evening, or afternoon. Welcome to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm here with Mike Breeling, Ben Spreen, and Austin Schiefer, And today we're going to talk about the finally new Toyota Tundra, Mazda's looming inline-6 power plant, and some more Lucid and Rivian updates, and much, much more. So we're going to jump right in. But first, we do need to thank our sponsor, EV Wash. Um, if you haven't heard of them, And if you care about the environment, you're missing something. Uh, EV wash is a practical way to clean your EV anywhere, anytime. That's what they say on their website anyways. Um, It is actually a really interesting solution. So you see it and you're like, oh, just another car cleaning product. Um, There's a lot of those. But these are actually a sustainable solution, much like your EV, um, because they can actually come in reusable pouches, biodegradable. Um, so once your bottle runs out, which by the way, these bottles are made of aluminum or aluminium, aluminium. Al- how do you say it in other parts of the world? You aluminium. Are gonna, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of you know little cheap plastic bottles you throw away after every single use, these are refillable aluminum bottles. You can get refill pouches for interior cleaner, waterless wash, or glass cleaner, um, and it works really well. Honestly, I've cleaned Kyle's Tesla. We saw that last week which was pretty intense of a project. That was that was a heck of a way to break these in. Um, I may have used half a bottle already, so I may have to look into ordering a refill. <laughs> and I actually cleaned my Zero, not my, but my current Press Zero motorcycle with these earlier in the week too, also an EV. Um, I cannot guarantee they won't blow up your gas car because it's geared for EV washes, obviously, but... Um, actually you should probably use these if you have a gas car because you need, you have a lot more environment to care for. Um, so yeah, thank you for our sponsor. Um, they do plant one tree per bottle or pouch sold, which is really cool. So giving us more oxygen and, uh, we have a discount code 30% off of your wash kit. If you use discount code out of spec, um, all one word 30, let me throw that up on the screen here. There we go. Out of spec 30 with OOS capitalized for 30% off of your wash kit. So let's jump right into some news and talk about the Toyota Chandra. It has been updated for the first time in what, like 14, 15 years. Um, And it actually looks pretty good um, with a caveat, maybe. Austin and I were watching the video last night that Toyota unveiled with the really cheesy announcer voice um, and we think the TRD Pro looks excellent. And the rest, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence about the weird giant grill thing that kind of just droops into infinity. Although it is kind of like a really cool Confucius mustache. So I, I go back and forth. Uh, what do you guys oh, think? I can't dude? wait to
2: see the Chrome delete on a white one now. It's going to look <laughs> like a face. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. So what, what do you think? Seen, yeah, I mean uh, it's, the interior it's, looks incredible
1: yeah it's been 14 years i think as you mentioned since the last complete redesign of a tundra now toyota does notoriously take their time apart from maybe their camry or the highlander to redesign a car but i think the grill is way too big um, i get what they're trying to do huge imposing pickup truck trd definitely looks a lot better the trd pro But I agree with Ben. I think the interior is where this truck's going to shine even over its competitors. I would totally go out and buy this truck tomorrow over a GM or a Chevy or Ford, mainly just because Toyota reliability, I think, is going to be there. Um, And another interesting aspect is they do offer a hybrid Uh, But it's not a hybrid in the form that like the Ford EcoBoost hybrid is. It's more of a hybrid to produce more power and torque for the vehicle rather than actually drive electrically, Uh, which I find really interesting. Uh, An interesting step for Toyota. They must have some data there that told them that, hey, this is what our customers are looking for if they were to buy a hybrid pickup truck. Um, Real quick, I think the back, I think the taillights are silly as well. I hate the shape. I think they could have just done a much more like Tacoma-ish shape, but bigger. Like, I think that looks awful.
0: Yeah, it's like someone just shoved a C-clamp into the back and they were like, oh, good.
1: They like c clamp, It's so manly.
0: It's a tool.
2: Yeah. I don't think you can make a good-looking tail light on a truck because you're they all have the same design constraint of being <laughs> very skinny like and not interesting so i i think that's uh, fine. i think they look the cool Ford, i
1: they mean look the lincoln almost. mark lt had okay, tail lights that thing. went into the bed i'm just saying
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's true um now i think i missed something about this hybrid thing i thought this is going to be the hybrid out of like what was it we drove a while ago, the ls 500h which yes. is like a V6 hybrid, but it, does it not run with the electric motor ever? Is it more running like a mild hybrid?
1: From what I understand and from what I've read, it is more like a mild hybrid, just providing like a power boost to the truck. I like don't think E-torque you can actually run it. Yeah. I don't think you can actually run it on just electric mode itself. Interesting. But I love that screen. Look at that. That looks great.
0: This Is this not how James May would order it? Beige with FGM Wood. That's a very James nice May looking in order interior, actually.
2: Though <laughs> I, I, made, I have James May taste, I guess, but that's a very nice looking um, color. That product, looks, I think,
1: great. Seven. I mean, that's <laughs> way better than anything Chevy makes right now. I'm sorry to GM Chevy fans, but it's true. This is
0: the uh, 1794. Be this is the 1794 edition. So the year James May was born. Um, <laughs> this, yeah, this is really really a cool truck and it is like it it is their true aim to compete against the american heroes i guess you could call them um and what's funny is i saw some reports of people really excited about the tailgate because it is just a tailgate it's not the weird like dual folding origami funky thing (laughs) with a stick that pops out of it it's just like a tailgate and for some yeah. reason people were really excited about that
1: <laughs> i still don't understand like oh we have a 16-way tailgate or we have the split opening tailgate like ram has i don't see what was wrong with the normal tailgate i like ford's idea of having like the step and the 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 stick or the grab handle yeah i think that is a good idea just to get in out of a truck but yeah i do not like the multi-function tailgate or any of that It looks
2: like it can go in electric mode up to 18 miles per hour after that engine will always be running. So I guess the engine probably won't shut off during coasting, which is a little unfortunate, but it'll feel like a normal truck for those people who want normal truck stuff, I guess.
0: So yeah, seeing these specs here, um, they, there's a comparison against the F 150 and the Ram 1500, um, which it is the 2021 models of both of those. But if you get the new Toyota tundra hybrid, you will best both of those in both power and torque um, and almost towing. The Ram has it beat by just a bit with that V8, but 12,700. Oh, that's, that's the Ford F50. Um, 12,000 pounds for the towing capacity for the Tundra, which is very usable. Um, and then there's, of course, the TRD Pro, which this one actually, I like the look of, except I don't like the like LEDs below the Toyota badge, um, but I like the non-chrome grille.
1: I think it works better. I yeah. agree. It definitely helps the look of the truck. I still think grills are way too big. Like, why can't you just take the bottom of that, you know, grill oh, right I there where it's black and just make that body color? Or why maybe they didn't want it to look gopping, I guess, or just wide mouth catfish or something. But I don't yeah, know. The front is the weakest part of this. The weakest part of this truck, in my opinion.
3: Are they all with the A pillar black or is that just the TRD Pro? Because I kind of gives it a cool uh yeah, a cool and B
0: look. A and B pillar oh, yeah, both black. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Um I think they all are. Oh yeah, the, the uh, TRD Pro gives you that weird textured camo. And look at this racing red interior.
1: That's stunning. <laughs> That's a look. Um not sure how I feel about that. Not, digital not a huge gauge fan of cluster.
3: How about that? Yeah. I think it's an optional digital gauge, gauge cluster on the... Uh... But have, Ooh, have I you, like the tailgate, though.
0: Have you ever seen TRD Pro
1: that big on a vehicle? <laughs> like That's font like 2000 size. <laughs> so let me clarify. I said I like the tailgate. What I liked about the tailgate was that black strip and the three... Uh, amber lights there i think those are cool Mm -hmm. the trd pro is definitely a little much i actually preferred that on the side where the currently is on those trucks on their bed sides itself yeah and just keeping no just a simple toyota across the the, uh tailgate there would have been a lot better in my opinion yeah look at that camo makes it to the seats too i
2: can't wait for the new sequoia trd pro looking at this assuming it's going to look pretty similar because that will be a cool vehicle yeah, and people have already done some renders using this. I, I mean, I'll be sad if we won't get the Land Cruiser. I think we're not getting that anymore, but hey, Sequoia TRD Pro with some of these looks, that could be pretty sweet. But rate. well I,
1: is this motor the same that's in the Land Cruiser or the next gen Land think Cruiser basically? So the twin turbo um, uh V six? I think it is. To uh follow
0: up with Austin's question, it is blacked out A and B pillars. Um, looks like all of them, unless this has another special package.
1: Um, That's probably TRD off-road. But I yeah. think you're right. I think it is blacked out, which yeah, is cool because it gives TRD it TRD like all, that overhanging, right? futuristic look. Yeah. It does make a difference for sure in the design of that truck.
3: I um, thought that a press video um, that we saw, Jordan, was interesting because they really wanted to drive home the fact that not just the TRD Pro was capable off-road, and they had um, some footage of the other models doing some, I guess, more off-roady driving. So I thought that was kind of interesting. They they want to make sure that you know that like, you don't have to get the TRD Pro to get a capable truck, but uh, the TRD Pro definitely looks the best.
0: Yeah, the other models (laughs) equipped with the TRD Off-Road package uh, that they showed. But I'm sure you could off-road with the base model. I'm sure it's still more off-roading than most people.
2: you know what's interesting about this, like you're talking about that black A-pillar kind of floating roof look, that's probably the, one of the next bigger automotive design trends. Like we've seen the light bar make a huge comeback recently. And I mean, outside of say, I guess Nissan's been doing it and Land Rover's been doing it for decades, basically. It seems to be a thing everyone's kind of styling into their designs recently.
1: Um, yeah, ben, so, I think you forgot, Mini's been doing that too. Mm-hmm. Mini has I I done that. Mini has like that. Yeah,
2: I I ex- decided you know it was too small to mention, pun intended.
0: <laughs> it is nice that they're just different. Like convert a lot of convertibles have been doing that with the the frame around the windshield being a different mm-hmm. color, typically black. You- um, they like highlighted the- in the metal, which is cool. They're yeah. like the stainless it's always been nice. Or the you know all the new Miatas have black windshield surround no matter what, and then the Fiat is black on the Abarth or <laughs> silver on the. Base model. <laughs>
2: example there. <laughs>
0: um, well, on the other end of the spectrum is the Audi Q4 e-tron. Um, <laughs> so th- they are undercutting a lot of the competitors as far as price, um, or like at least matching it. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I especially love that they're showing some of these with like a bronze wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked about that before. How much that's so great. Um, but I wanted to see what you guys thought of this thing. Besides what what flew out to me from this article is um, actually a fairly competitive range. If you get the medium or high end, um, the base model is 212 miles, something like that. Um, probably less on the EPA, though. That's actually the WLTP. And so... Pretty pretty rough comparatively to some other cars, um, but the power—it's under 200 horsepower, which zero to sixty is nine seconds, um, which is crazy. And then if you upgrade to the mid tier, it's zero to sixty in eight point five seconds, so shave off a whole half second. Um, and then the high end E-Tron is zero to sixty in six point two seconds. Mm-hmm. which is slower than the slowest Mustang Mach-E by a 10th of a second.
3: Fun it fact. looks great though, that yeah. high <laughs> end e-tron model. That looks wonderful. Yeah. It is surprisingly slow for all electric.
2: Not sold on the grill design, but I think the rest of it is like a 10 out of 10 for styling. The performance is a little disappointing. Like I don't know what an Audi Q5 two-liter or six-cylinder you know does as far as acceleration goes, but I suspect it's a bit faster than one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if we're actually going to see that not in that second model in the U.S. because that's the smaller battery with the you know dinkier rear motor, and you know maybe we don't get that. Maybe we get because I, I have no idea what the ID4 is now. to think about it zero to sixty, but that's two hundred horsepower. I bet that's going to be the entry level. In the well, U.S., most likely would be my thought. Yeah,
0: because it, it is the same platform as the ID4, mm-hmm.
2: um,
0: but Audi, so it would
2: make sense for them to have a step below it if we Aud- don't even get the Volkswagen below it here.
0: Yeah, a- Audi insists it's completely unique as far as tuning yeah. and dynamics and everything, even though it's the same relative architecture. But um, I don't know. It it is the biggest touchscreen in Audi, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> I, I do like Audi interiors except I just don't like the really clicky buttons but I know some people love them so you know Well my Neutron had
1: no buttons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was you no know, touch force sensitive. It had a couple clicky three. buttons. Like 3. <laughs> yeah because I had the premium trim that's right down at the bottom instead of those being capacitive buttons or actual buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised by this car, by how slow it is, considering that the big e-tron I think is a second faster in all its trims, apart from the GT, which is going to be pretty fast um, yeah. comparatively. But I like the front. I do wish they just blacked out the grill, which I'm sure you might be able to do in like a black optic type package. Mm-hmm. Um, but Those I love the headlights. headlights. I yeah, love the, the taillights
3: are great, and the profile is, I think, really nice. Yeah, that looks,
1: I mean, that's a good looking little SUV. I mean, it's like a Mazda CX 5, but pure electric. Even Mazda can't make that right. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah.
2: This is going to sell. You know, it's an EV that, I mean, performance is obviously not its main focus, but it's going to be a nice kind of practical EV for people who want something on that spectrum. Like, you know, if you weren't, you know, like, because I think it's hard to include Tesla in this discussion. For some people, they're looking at both, but you'll meet certainly a large swath of people who won't consider Tesla for, you know, one of many reasons. Uh, Or they want to stay with a brand they already know and trust. So, you know, in an EV, a slower car does tend to feel faster and you can use more of that performance. Maybe that acceleration won't be that big a deal. Um, I still think we won't see anything less than the 200 horsepower version in the U.S., though, because at that point you're getting into territory that's no longer... Impressive for someone coming from the current base model, really.
0: Yeah. And they're saying it'll be under 45000 in the U.S., not including up to $7,500 rebate, um, which is funny. The article originally said $75,000 rebate, but I guess they just fixed it. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. Uh, good old typo. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'm excited to start seeing these. I just We need to start ditching some of the 20-, 30-year-old cars that really look sore to the eyes and uh, replace them with anything. And this is a good contender. So I like it. Um, has great wheels. Audi usually
1: great. has really good wheels
0: in I agree. general. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I'm usually not a sucker for manufacturer wheels, OEM, but it's solid.
2: Now, um, here's the question Would you do this or would you do XC40? P8 recharge or Polestar two. <laughs> mm. That
3: gets tough. Polestar two actually really makes that tough because that's pretty like, looking. Car I think the Polestar I would have just out of being something super unique and very very cool looking. Yeah.
0: Yep. Price wise, XC Forty. If I can get the Bowers and Wilkins anything for the bowers <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> one interesting thing i they don't i don't think it's mentioned here but in the us and this is more of an electrify america thing but uh, both volkswagen porsche and audi have these charging deals with electrify america so when you buy a vw id4 you get 3 years of basically unlimited charging on their station which is pretty good um porsche gives you 3 years of 30 minute sessions cuz their car charges faster and, that's a way for them to pay less money to have that deal. And Audi only gave you 1,000 kilowatt hours of charging sessions, which on the Etron was like 10 charges. <laughs> it wasn't a whole lot. So um, it's kind of interesting. I wonder if they're gonna have a new deal for this because it's you know, might have better margins in the same way the ID4 does. But that'll yeah. be an interesting thing to see because I know Volkswagen pays a huge amount of money for the privilege privilege of that three-year unlimited uh program that they have set up with yeah even though they're the same well, not the same company but they have ties they don't get a special deal on that you know because of how they operate yeah that'll
0: be interesting because it is cool to see the incentives and some people take severe advantage mm-hmm. of it like that i would model s uh <laughs> signature red i saw with two hundred thousand miles of you know free supercharging so it's a lot of gas savings mm-hmm. um But actually on that note, kind of, I wanted to mention an update from Rivian. We're just basically Rivian journalists and we also do other things on the side. (laughs) (laughs) So they are going to do a membership plan, which will include free charging as well as LTE connectivity. Um, Well, free. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Free if you pay. Yeah, Um,
3: membership too, yeah.
0: (laughs) gotta love semantics but you will um it uh, it comes with a full year with the vehicle uh with the purchase of the vehicle so that's kind of cool um you can at least try it out see what you think Um, because it is amazing how expensive some of the even just the lte plans are for some of these cars now um so to have charging and lte bundled together um i would be really curious to see how good this is um and it also includes Rivian off-road side assistance, which is That's awesome
2: because it's not yeah. just roadside. Yes. <laughs> I like the name, the off-road side assistance, you know, it's a nice yeah. little like, because where they put the little hyphen works perfectly there. Yeah, um, That I see is a tremendous alley because I don't know if there's fine print to that, but do you know how much off-road recovery costs? Oh, yeah. It's insane. Now onto the fact that you could be out of charge and off-road. Ooh, <laughs> that's some value. Like, I would actively take advantage of that to push the limits of a car or something. Yeah. well, That could be, be we like a couple hundred dollars car. easily just if you're stuck at a beach. <laughs>
0: I sorry, I am 312 miles into the wilderness.
2: I totally <laughs> thought that was round trip when they said the length of the trail. <laughs> I'm really shocked there's no DC fast chargers at you know, the top of this mountain. Yeah. I really thought there would be. I thought
0: you guys had
2: a better infrastructure.
3: Yeah, PlugShare said there was something up here. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I'm just imagining those like watches for like climbers where you pull the thing and the GPS signal goes out and they send like the whole rescue team to get you off the mountain or whatever. I'm imagining people doing that with these, you know, like it'll be a, the the weekly uh, you know, there's, there's like these Tesla cam articles of oh look what a Tesla camera caught it's being like, look where this Rivian was. And it like somehow got recovered under you know coverage there. Under the oil, Yeah. I want to push the limits of that program. I think we should drive it to the Arctic Circle. <laughs> that's my goal i mean i I want to do that with either the gx or a rivian whichever one i feel like i have time to do it
1: i tell you you are debating selling your tesla Uh, rivian is calling your name yeah
3: let's do it
0: yeah if you buy a rivian i will come take delivery with you Uh, i'll I'll go
3: to Antarctica with you (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: what i'm picturing is like a Rivian stuck in the woods in the middle of nowhere and they call that special number which even if you have no service they probably have like direct satellite link
1: satellite and a, ri-
0: a huge Rivian branded Chinook helicopter <laughs> which if you're too young to know what that is it's a Cargo Bob in GTA uh, that comes <laughs> that comes and picks you up and then takes you wherever you want to go <laughs>
2: Cargo
0: oh, Bob so I rib- like that Rivian- Air drop
2: a couple batteries or something
0: yeah there you go <laughs> So, Rivian is working on their charging infrastructure as well, um, the Rivian Adventure Network. So, 35 I like the
1: Canadian one up there, up to Vancouver. Yeah, looks
0: like. a couple little chargers up there, up in, uh, what is it, Newfoundland, too? Um, mm-hmm. So it's cool.
2: Alaska and Hawaii. That's good to see. Is this not just the EA map or are these their <laughs> own chargers? I just was looking, like, maybe I'm mistaken. See, but... at, that's what I'm not sure uh, because it's like you, ford said their charging yeah. pass network is big and i'm like well no your network is just all Someone the other charging stations yeah. <laughs> like it's charge point in the ea and even like something. Though. i don't know they don't have a ton you know like not enough to like fill in a map neither does test that looks like tesla's map from a year or two ago really yeah
0: they're so behind the curve and it says by, by t- the end of 2023, which isn't there already this many EA stations. So I think it is Rivian's proprietary network. Um,
2: yeah, the Rivian Adventure Network. Oh, they plan network. to install over. Okay. Ass- assuming that's not a weird uh, phrasing or something from whoever wrote this article, but that's yeah. a lot and of DC Fast Charge. 20- isn't
3: the, the purpose of the Adventure Network to have them kind of off the beaten path, if you will? So mm-hmm. something like uh, National parks, State Parks... Um, that's a good idea because a lot of those
2: fun places are not always easy to get to in my experience yeah
3: unless if there's rv uh like plug-in like you have mm-hmm. a, um um what do you call it shore power connection but um yeah i i, I do think that this, this is their pr- proprietary network and they're going to be really hitting on like they're, they're putting chargers where there aren't other chargers um for mm-hmm. going on adventures but, which i think um, is really quite cool and they're exclusive for rivian
0: owners Ooh, uh, and they are plug-and-charge. So. I've heard that Good. before. I nice. mean,
1: yeah. 2, 200 um, watt <laughs> charging initially, up to 300 in the future, it's pretty strong right off the bat. I,
2: I want to say that that's amazing, but I just read that up to 140 miles of range in 20 minutes, which is like not setting my pants on fire with speed necessarily. <laughs> um but used that's, to the Tycon. Uh, Yeah, I think that's I mean, just you yeah. said Tycon, because like that's... 18 minutes gets you pretty far along. Uh, but I, this is also a brick. It, yeah, really it speaks does. to the aerodynamics. I'm sure it'll be good if it has a good uh, charge curve. That's all I care about. Like, I yeah. want it to stay high deep into the the pack because that's really where you get utility. Because if it doesn't, you know, if you're doing those short little charges and hopping charger charger, it's fine. But the second you have to do something outside that, like in the Model Three, it just drives me nuts. That last thirty, forty, five percent, whatever it is, just it feels really slow because the first the whole
3: first seventy percent,
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah so they're also going to have ten thousand rivian waypoint charging points which are just the little level two slow charging things mm-hmm. um so yeah Imagine like those like a trail, be trail. yeah trail campsites like i mean if you have it plugged in overnight at a campsite
2: that's a pretty good amount of range um so I'm a little sad to see that, I, and I think it's the max charger that's you know that's built into their And I think it's 11 and a half kilowatts is the onboard charger, mm-hmm. but I really wish they would have had like a, a you know 19.2 kilowatt AC charger built in. Mm-hmm. That would be what ideal. I,
1: what I just saw that was cool is that those uh those chargers are actually open to the public mm-hmm. EV chargers as long as you have the J. 1772 plug which is really good on that because yeah, tesla would common. never do that yeah,
3: yeah. and the, so that's well, just for the, the slower chargers right tesla i think did yeah. that with their destination chargers were open to whoever um you could use any
2: of them with an adapter but also tesla and you know not many people know this they make a uh high power wall connector destination charger as it were with the j1772 plug on it you just can't buy it it's whenever they do destination charger installs right now, they put in like two or three of the regular Tesla one, and then they'll have like one or two more that have that universal plug, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, a nice little touch, but I yeah. think they need faster AC charging. That would be a thing I would pay for on that car. Cause at 11.5 kilowatts, let's just round that down to 10. It's 135 kilowatt hour battery pack. It's 13 hours mm-hmm. to charge, which I mean, you're sleeping. That's usually fine, but like on a road trip at a hotel, you know, you're not going to replenish that, especially as something like six kilowatt. You know, most oh, level yeah. two chargers are going to be slow. Um, you know, small little detail, but I recently started noticing that Porsche has been pushing out their 19.2 kilowatt AC chargers for their destination charger type program, um, where they're giving those away to business owners who apply. And that's the speed I think we need to see more of. That that's putting you know 50 miles of charge in the battery an hour versus. Twenty-five, you know, at least in Rivian terms.
3: I wonder if we'll see that that potentially in future updates for the models, because, like you said, Ben, I think that would be a huge value add, especially if you're like off-roading and you're needing to just stop in for like an afternoon, and there's not (laughs) much uh, else to charge. Like you said, that's a very slow charge if if you don't have a full night to uh, to charge. So,
2: I mean, it's an afternoon versus a night, and and I think that makes a difference. Um, You know. Three uh you know the the benefit is worth it you know if it's something like oh i say 20 percent, then it's not worth the charging speed increase but you know i think as ev adoption moves along we'll want to see more of that you know almost 20-ish kilowatt ac charge uh out of most public stations i think that should become the new 6.6 that we see nowadays
0: well also with rivian they more more news of course with motor trend is uh, doing the Transamerica Trail. Um, so I think the basically the first leg of those videos is out, um, and it's really pretty intriguing. <laughs> so Ben wants to do.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, it starts out with saying, you know, call out to the long way up. So as if Rivian's doing 13,000 miles of rugged terrain from Patagonia to Los Angeles wasn't <laughs> enough, they did it in the States. Um, so the Trans-American Trail, for people who don't know, it's basically like a route of kind of interconnected, non-paved roads running from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Uh, I
2: think it starts somewhere in South Carolina, maybe. Um, I think it, you can pick it up in, I mean, they, what they did was they snagged said the Outer Banks of North Carolina, in fact. Yeah. Um, so you can get both ways, I think. Yeah. But that's uh, pretty
0: cool. And I mean, it does speak to basically the off-road characteristics in it. I mean, it's it's a good, I mean, it's a brilliant marketing ploy for Rivian too, just because it's suggested as an adventure vehicle. So they're not doing like, oh, you can drive from LA to New York. You can do a cannonball run in this. It's like, you can do a completely off the grid, so to speak, <laughs> like just wing it. Like, I, I don't know. It's very intriguing for people who, maybe even people who wouldn't normally buy a vehicle to do that because some part of the people who would buy this would be ev enthusiasts who may have never had a truck or a jeep or a lexus gx or anything like that and they might suddenly get one of these take it on a trail and just be bitten by the bug of off-roading overlanding whatever you want to call it Um, like what ben has experienced with the gx Um, so it's pretty pretty cool to see this uh, especially like early news Like, they're not doing this, like, five years in to try to, like, revitalize, you know, old news. It's just before the public even really gets their vehicles, it's showing what it's capable of. And hopefully the public will try to do some of this themselves. I'm sure we'll see lots of YouTube channels pop up of, here's what I do with my (laughs) Rivian. Mm Mm-hmm. Ben Spreen taking it to the North Pole.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, I already <laughs> have a plan, you know, like <laughs> if we uh, on the way out to Colorado, the only way we're gonna go there is Trans American Trail, as far as I'm concerned. But I I really have been wanting to plan some sort of silly trip to I like the Arctic Circle because as a concept, it's like a it's like on a map and you can point to it and go, I'm going there all the way far away. Um, but I also have this strange urge to try and drive to the furthest north point you can possibly drive to on the eastern. You know, side up in Canada. So don't have to cross the country first before going up. But you can't cross the Arctic Circle that way. So
0: or you could go to like the northernmost point of the US, which is somewhere around Barrows, Alaska. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a long
2: trip from where you live. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that's that the one reason I'm like Unbelievable. Yeah. That's the one issue you have with the whole last thing. it's such a long drive just to get to the part where you then have the adventure.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it took but, apparently it took these guys forty three days to do the entire trip. Wow. Um, from Motor Trend. So, well, when you're, you're off road, you don't really do a lot time of away. speed. So,
2: yeah, it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, so, th- as of this recording, only the first episode is out, and they're going to do a five part series. Um, and they've already mentioned multiple uh, flat tires, <laughs> which is expected, <laughs> I think. So yes, what what I carry extra. Slight tangent, but what I'm really intrigued by is the potential of you know all this new technology coming out with tires. Like, I mean, we had like run flats; that was a thing, but they're terrible for a lot of reasons. But I guess good for certain ones. Um, but there's all these companies developing tires that just don't need air whatsoever which yep. makes them much more resilient we already have seen that on like mars and lunar rovers um but having that trickle down into
1: the public would be pretty cool i mean probably- michelin i think is making one that they want to sell to the public in the next couple of years mm-hmm. um, i think they have test ones on a mini right now actually that i've seen pictures mm-hmm. of i've yeah. seen
2: these for years though i wonder if we're Uh, They must have a consistent issue preventing them from bringing it to market as far as maybe durability goes because uh, as as fragile as it can seem, the current tire design is generally pretty sturdy overall. And I feel like we would have run into by now someone trying to offer that airless tire.
3: I think it's got to be inefficiency or like you said, durability long term because of how heavy (laughs) they probably are without air all the rubber structure to or whatever they use to to give it its form and keep it from being just flat on one side i would think that that would really eat into efficiency
2: and now that you've i was just thinking you can't adjust the pressure of it to compensate for weight differences of the vehicle so then you are kind of locked into the you're gonna have they're gonna have to have like firm soft medium uh, options or something, so they have different like load ratings, maybe. But and when
3: you're off roading, how great. do you deflate your tires for better traction? <laughs> yeah. You gotta throw a new tire, you gotta have your off road spares just it's, the, the, the beauty back. of
2: an off road tire is how much abuse the sidewall takes, and it, it'll be interesting to see how that would it, it play out on those airless tire designs because they look a little questionable in that area, fragile in that area. You yeah, yeah, it's i uh,
0: I'd be curious to see what you know genre comes first because the issue with the run flat tires is they just lack so much performance. And so I wonder if they're going to figure out an airless more performance minded like picture maybe not die hard track but like just you know like Michelin Pilot Sport type thing versus like an off road tire that doesn't have to withstand like crazy lateral g's but you have that whole durability
2: thing. So I maybe like we would have seen it in a form of racing if it could be utilized in this sort of a method. You they know? put
3: a lot of money into R&D on this race cars. <laughs> like if a Formula
2: One car doesn't have it on it, then we're probably not going to get it. <laughs> we're <Yeah. hosed. laughs>
0: yeah. we're going to get uh, anti-gravity like Star Wars speeders before we have tires yeah. that will do what we want
2: i mean i've seen the airless <laughs> tires on like a couple like riding mowers and like small forklift type vehicles that you see around an airport like tugs but i've never seen them on anything <laughs> that goes above 15 to 25 miles an hour either so yeah makes sense
3: i would think with electric cars too that might be like the last place we see them because of if, if it's additional unsprung weight that the motor has to move that's hugely eating into their efficiency and Mm-hmm. I don't know, the ravine is already a brick, but, you know.
0: Well, uh, what's not a brick is the Lucid <laughs> Air. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> Good segue. And segue. Yeah, um, so the uh, EPA range is officially rated at up to 520 miles, I believe, um, which is pretty
1: wild. Yeah, um, I mean, that's the highest range ever given out by the EPA by... What 120 ish miles compared so to the, the Tesla?
0: Yeah. So, what's the WLTP like a thousand? Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, it must be <laughs> close to 600, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, or it would be if they sell them over there. I don't know if they're going to sell the Lucid over there right away. Probably not. I would Probably imagine for a little US-based. bit. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, that's uh, extremely impressive. I think the least efficient model is still like, oh, well over 400 miles of range.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's fast and powerful and well-built allegedly from the one article who's been able to actually drive one. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Pretty impressive though. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see these on the road and I know they're expensive, but they're expensive for a reason. I mean, you have to have margin profit margin to be a successful car maker in the beginning.
2: So, yeah, I mean, so this, I mean, look at where Tesla started model S, <laughs> exactly. Was yeah, incredibly expensive for same while. price. Um, so I think they have every right to kind of price it there and start off there because there looks like they're doing it with a product that is well worth the the price as far as material design goes. Um, from a beginning, I also love that the non performance model is still something like. 800, 900 horsepower, I forget the exact figure. Um, <laughs> but I remember being like, wow, that's a lot. And then it was I'm reading somewhere like, oh, that's yeah, the regular one. <laughs> Very yeah. impressed.
0: Yeah. And this this article, our partners inside of you did a comparison of the Lucid Air Dream Edition versus the Tesla Model S long range. Um, and it, it is, you know, the Lucid does have significant range over 500 miles, but the Tesla has over 400, uh, I guess, unless you're on the highway. But <laughs> it's close. It's, uh, high 300s. Um, and then top speed, only 155. And 0-60 to 60 is only 3.1 seconds. It's like, these are incredible <laughs> numbers, but the Lucid does beat it. But at what cost? About double. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: literally, yeah. Look
2: at that highway. I mean, this is, again, EPA test, which could be a little flawed for comparing since we don't know how they do real But that, the highway and city range are the same. Yeah, that is right? really that's cool. Awesome, because that's think, the the thing. Like Tesla really does optimize for the AP- EPA test. Can't blame them. It's a, what I think any company would try and do normally, and uh, that results with a number that looks really high, but a real world range when you're actually traveling where range matters, that's not quite so strong. Um,
3: I think. But that's, I think uh, there yeah. just needs
2: to be like someone's got to do a really well controlled test. That's just like. Put it on the highway, seventy miles an hour, control for temperature. Put it on a treadmill, for all I care. <laughs> and like, I just <laughs> yeah. want to know if I'm on the highway going seventy, what can I get ideally? Because um, that's really the easiest way to compare I mean, them. You look at those tests people do, you know, in the real world.
3: They, so, do you think that highway range being the same is a product of? Because what one of the videos I watched of the Lucid was talking the I think it was a CEO or somebody was talking about how um, the reason why it's so fast is because they wanted to make it the longest range EV and long range comes with big battery and big battery means high output. Um, and I'm wondering maybe that the highway range might be a product of the motors not really having to work too hard because it is such a large battery pack. Um, could be aerodynamics. I'm not sure. What do you guys think?
2: Maybe it could also be a product of that car having uh, not, you know, like I guess ways to look at it. I'm looking at it as Tesla doesn't have as good of a highway range. They're not as efficient there maybe the way i should be looking at it is they're efficient there but they're very efficient for city use whereas and then the lucid might not be as good in the city range that's true uh, but it could have a very high efficiency when cruising maybe it's less efficient with its regen usage or something i don't know um but i think to see that gives me a lot more confidence in it that's certainly exciting to see i don't know if the bigger motor thing plays into it or more power output because then then we'd see you know something like uh yeah, it's tough to know because when you have a different motor, you are going to have a different efficiency of that motor. So it's—I don't know if there's an easy way to scale it up without you know affecting that sort of a test in a sense. You know, bigger motor versus smaller motor. There's just going to be different designs in each one.
0: I feel like you'd have to get the uh, 21-inch wheels of the Lucid Air, though. Sacrifice some range <laughs> for those
3: beauties. Yeah, yeah I'm wheels. sure the
1: EPA is 19-inch wheels. Yeah, so.
3: The wheels at the top look like GTI wheels, speaking of Audi wheels. Yeah, these are the 21-inchers. They really look like just massive GTI <laughs> wheels. I can't remember <laughs> from which generation, but Sticky Mark design. 6. Mark yeah. 6 GTI, yeah. yeah. They look
2: like the wheels that was on that GTI with the W12 in the back or whatever. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? <laughs> I, bet it, I bet
1: it is. <laughs> they remind me of Golf R wheels, like recent Golf R wheels. But they kind of do have that that vibe, I guess. It, it that very much has holes. a Audi
3: look to it, which is a compliment, like we said earlier. I think Audi knows their way around yeah. a, a wheel, but um, the other interesting thing on the aesthetics of this car, watching that video, I didn't realize that Rivian has a patent just for those headlights. They're like nano LEDs, and mm-hmm. the headlights have their own cooling duct.
1: Yeah,
2: that was interesting to hear about.
3: I was like, "What? Well, that's the most obscure thing." But it's a, kind of one of those things where it's such a a out there car that, like, of course they have <laughs> their own patent for, like, yeah, they rethought the headlight because you need to do that. Like, I don't know, <laughs> just, it lined up, but I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's just interesting.
2: I mean, you just shrink something that small, you have less surface area to spit heat with, so you have to be creative about it in some way. So. That's
3: true. And I bet it really helps because the angle of that nose coming down is quite sharp. Um, it's got a very low like hood line. So I, I bet a big part of that was because they were able to fit such a bright e- headlight in that small of a space.
1: Yeah, more than likely. I mean, the whole design of the car, I think we've talked about it before, but I mean, it's extremely aerodynamic i mean i know that we are split on the rear of the car i I think most of us don't really like it but the front of the car and the profile looks good and the interior should be amazing uh even better than the tesla model s refresh um from what i've been reading about the refresh is very good though i will say
0: the refresh blew my mind i was so impressed
2: yeah oh yeah you you went in it did you, you it was plaid right yeah I, I, yeah, is it I, incredible? Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of to ask. I have no like <laughs> I smart got,
0: commentary on it, other than like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I got back into a performance model three, and I was like, this is slow. And then I got into my Miata at six thousand feet altitude, and I was like, this is not even moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the plaid. I mean, it was like, yeah, I was in. I was literally in sensory overload because it was so fast, um, but it was also so nice, like the interior quality felt very, very good. Um, and I actually, most of the ride I spent in the back seat, and I was like totally happy back there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was chilling. I could have thrown on a movie on that center screen and just fell asleep
2: because uh, <laughs> it's so quiet. <laughs> the new um, backseat area is much more comfortable than before. I've ridden in the back of a lot of oh, yeah. generations. And the only ones that were like vaguely comfortable were the, uh, super rear executive rear seats you get on like 85D and p 85D, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure there's like 600 of those in the US. Yeah, not <laughs> a lot. They, but... don't, they don't fold down. They're two kind of more bucket-like seats a in the middle. Uh, and it's they were so cool. cool. I just love it's those. It's so cool. Uh, but they don't fold, which yeah. is like a huge issue, I think, for a lot of people looking at the space and practicality of the car. And yeah. uh, and they had heating in the back. edge is the first Model S to have that. Yeah. Um, that's why the app has the temperature and media controls in it because when they launched that package they said oh and you'll be able to control the music and your climate settings from the back of the car but they never engineered the screen because there was (laughs) such a low take rate so instead (laughs) they just added those features into the app which is kind of a clever way of getting around it but it it was sort of uh, one of my favorite little like details I learned over the. years.
3: am really funny. I'd be super <laughs> curious to see what the plaid uh, or the latest refresh of the Model S feels like. I remember when I was working there, they introduced the Raven, and the Raven from the previous felt like a huge jump. It's like wow, this feels a little bit more solid than before. Um, like well made. If you, I didn't necessarily like some of the materials they chose for that, but. Um, build quality, I, I felt took a, a huge leap, and it sounds like um the most recent upgrade is like, e- like uh, exponential compared to that, even. Mm-hmm.
0: So, they just add also the like noise cancellation, like the active noise cancellation. It was on the specs update.
2: originally, but um the new update added it, I think. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cause I, yeah, I, I think I was in it before the new update, and we also didn't get to hear the sound system, which I was really excited to here but i just forgot
2: you know i was distracted mm-hmm. by speed i don't know <laughs> i mean when you're in one it's sort of like a like it's a full-time job to like experience that level of acceleration yeah and uh the the, the friend of mine who let us go for a ride and drive it he um, he's had a ton of supercars and he said something i thought that was really good way of summing up like the plaid or just high-performance cds in general which is no one can do, like, you can't just floor one of those and say something that sounds smart afterwards. Like, because <laughs> you don't have the mental capacity. It's like, you know, the, the thing everyone would say is usually an expletive or like, oh, or it's like a it's like a groan because it's just so much force is what everyone does. Uh, like, it's a universal reaction, but like, no one's going to say like, you know, after they do it, oh, that feels like, and create some sort of like poetic prose about it. Yeah, or <laughs> metaphor. You're not going to say a metaphor after flooring, no, yeah. Because it's just... It, you know, like you can't be flowery about it. It's just raw, exhilarating. Usually,
3: usually it's an explicitive. And from my experience in yes. launching with people in the cars, it's like you said, a lot of times a gasp of like, oh, Like they just don't expect it. They've never felt <laughs> anything like it. Um, or yeah, some uh, some choice words. So it's always, yeah, you don't get out and go.
2: It's going to be like that's going to be a good car too.
3: That's going to be insane. They're talking yeah. some
2: performance.
0: I yeah, I'd love to drive them both back to back and then just get out and actually. Do say something really like superlative? "Hmm, Yes, (laughs) I found the loose to be slightly more
1: mellifluous. (laughs) (laughs) Copy. Yeah, I think after you accelerate
2: in a performance CV, you're limited to like one or two syllables max. (laughs) That's that's the next word. It's like a hard cutoff on the second syllable. (laughs) Fun fun fact: I think that is my favorite
0: (laughs) word in the English language, though. Mellifluous means pleasing to the ear. Wow! Oh,
3: yeah, know. you can't use that in an ATU. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of like a McLaren and be like, that was mellifluous.
1: Yeah, or, or an LC500 or something.
3: Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I want to talk
0: about Mazda.
3: No way. As, yeah, no. right? <laughs> um, so Just the Mazda the, owner.
0: The updated CX-5 has been unveiled. Um, very minor visual refresh, essentially. Um, it already looked good. They didn't yeah, need to. They didn't need to. It. <laughs> it They're like, you know, this perfect thing we have, let's make it better. Um, but what is also in the news, which has been you know, around the mills for a while now, is their impending inline six engine, which is very exciting because pretty much all of our news sites are saturated with this is going EV, this is going EV, this is going all EV by this time. And Mazda's like, we're developing an inline six. So um, even
3: like turbo four cylinders, like it's, you don't hear about inline sixes. I feel like you haven't since the, the early thousands. Yeah. What is this? Well,
2: Mercedes brought it back recently. Admittedly. And so <laughs> did J- JLR. JLR.
3: Yeah. yeah I,
2: know. I know a couple. See, well, I, ex- a I couple expect more. it from JLR. I feel like the British will always have it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're going to be doing yeah. the thing that's a little like unusual at any given time, like sticking with supercharged engines still on some <laughs> models, like forever. <laughs> Uh, which is like- cool and they create a great driving experience but like they get 22 miles per gallon best case scenario in a car
0: so there's you know some european or some british company is going to be like we've developed an inline six ev and they're just like putting six like <laughs> motors in you front of each other that, all yeah. <laughs> to- <laughs> six <laughs> battery packs <laughs> we have to keep six. the nomenclature yeah <laughs> um so yeah so this was you know looming around because it was like oh they're going to develop a new mazda six Um and make it rear wheel drive and an inline six engine, which is a beautiful combination. If they throw a manual in there, Uh, I mean, a lot of people will sell their souls. Uh, I mean, they won't, but
3: (laughs) definitely, I think that'll be like Mazda has a reputation here lately for making wonderful, wonderfully handling cars, and I can't wait. I think the CX five, even if they said that would be rear wheel drive too, right? There's rumors about being rear wheel drive. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds so cool, like.
2: I think they said it's going to be all the drive, but it's going to be on that rear drive platform. I think I found a clarification on that one uh, recently. Okay.
1: So this inline six, is it going to be like attached to some like mild hybrid technology or is it just a straight motor with no battery electric assist or anything like that?
0: I think it's just a straight motor. I mean, Maz is also kind of raw, sometimes to a fault. They're still sticking with their guns on that. Six-speed automatic, while everyone else has ten speeds.
3: I wonder (laughs) if they're just going to be like they do with the uh, with a refreshed ND and just do like very high compression, high output. They
0: could, yeah. I mean, by by doing nothing but reworking engineering, they kept the same displacement, same cylinders, and got what like fifteen percent, twenty percent more power. Yeah. um Mm -hmm. So it would be really cool. Big
3: turbo on it, but I don't know.
0: Tell me your Fiesta ST owner without telling me your Fiesta ST owner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and rumors are saying they'll probably call it the CX50, kind of like their CX30, which kind of throws me off a little bit. Well, yeah, it's it's confusing because the CX30. Came out the to be a fourth, a fourth CUV, but then they have ditched the CX3. So it's like <laughs> it's a
3: replacement, but it's not. And I feel like if this is the same thing, it's just confusing. The Mazda was so good for so long with super easy names, and now, yeah, they go. now they're going
0: down the routes of everyone else of just yeah. making stuff up on the spot. I
1: can't um, wait for the CX90. CX-90. <laughs>
0: 90s <laughs> 90s kids will be like, yeah.
3: Like, Jordan's going to buy the new MX50 here in a little bit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, yeah, because the EV is the MX30.
2: Is it? Wait. It is. Is. No, hang on. Hang on. What is
0: the yeah, other the EV SUV? That's, they have an MX3 and then they have another one. The MX thirty is the they EV. Have a
1: CX thirty.
0: They
3: also CX-30. Have a CX-30. there it is. That's, yeah, God, I'm so
2: little.
0: So wait, is it's the MX
3: thirty just the CX thirty but electric? they sort of. Why would
2: not Because it's way different. It's got the little doors off the i three, like the coach door split. Yeah,
3: whatever oh, like yeah. oh, cool. you want to call that. RX eight door. door they're I mean eight door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean two door SUVs always work. Like, just ask Range Rover. <laughs> they worked really well with the Evoke. Like, that worked out great.
3: I think they Well, they only did that because they were out, also making
1: it. the convertible, which was going to yeah. have to be
3: true. <laughs> the
2: Evoque was a product of someone saying, we should make a convertible more than anything else. <laughs> which, by the way, if you've never been in an evoke convertible, uh, they are as amazing as you think.
3: Have, <laughs> you, have you guys been in the Murano uh, – what's it called? Cross-door yes, Cabriolet. Exactly. Yeah, yes. I have actually ridden in one of those, and that was one of the best, best days of my life. That was it's so It's one of the heaviest what? doors I've yeah, ever been. it's such a like, heavy door. door so <laughs> heavy and big. And it literally feels like – uh, people always throw around land yacht. I really felt like I was in a pontoon boat. Like really it's really did. flexy. It's yeah. not a very –
2: Dirty chassis.
0: Yeah. They have such a quirky so. folly. There's actually a really funny Facebook group that's like Oh, in I'm in it. Like yeah. That. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <into> it. <laughs> it's like everyone like everyone hated it, but at the same time, everyone loves it. And it's like yeah. it's like car enthusiasts love it. And like normal people are like, Oh, it's ugly. And we're like, Maybe. No, it's beautiful. It's masterpiece.
3: <laughs> it's like the Aztec, you know? Yeah.
0: Same crowd as the Aztec and what else? How
1: dare you compare the cross Cabriolet Gabriel? <laughs> i, I, I think any car that's incredibly unique
2: right? is going to have everyone who hates it and then the people who love it is going to be the strongest following possible like you look at PT the, uh, Cruiser, you know, Corona,
1: pt cruiser yeah.
2: whatever it is like there's these groups of people like in, in that uh um, hhr, H-H-R. Berlay, murano group there's people talking about like oh i, I forget it there is an acronym for it uh nm cc i think it's yeah. nmcc nissan Murano yeah. cross cabriolet or whatever yep. is what it is it's like oh i've had my nmcc for this many miles i love it people you know always comment on it and then the cars always get a name his name shelly or something like that uh which i think is great like i'm glad people are getting that excited about cars so
0: i mean name yeah. a better garage like a pt cruiser convertible <laughs> nissan Murano cross cabriolet and a new convertible uh... that's the
1: dream
3: <laughs> i don't it know is, about the first Suzuki via cross and i don't know what's, what's another thing i want i, I only, only want
2: unibody suv convertibles in my garage <laughs> <laughs> but but so every time i think about this do you want a v8
0: retractable hard top convertible with a manual six speed look no further than the chevy ssr like
3: amazing, I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you put it that way, very rare like that. But
2: <laughs> it's true. I'll take the H H R S S instead. Thank you. The panel panel. Panel. panel Yeah, you got yeah. The panel. That's way We really cool. all watch
0: Doug
3: DeMiro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so before before we close, I, there's one more subject I want to touch on, and of course, Nissan. Um oh, So there's talks of the Nissan Skyline four door coming to the U S. Um, or is it just a Japan? Well, this is what's confusing because the skyline is actually already in Japan as the Q fifty. Q fifty. By the way, is updated.
1: nine years old or something in America. Yeah.
0: So Our, we just Nissan this also there. just dropped, so I'm throwing this in there. The twenty twenty two Q fifty arrives with wow. literally nothing new, basically. It
3: looks <laughs> wait <and> more standard <laughs> tech.
2: Is it
0: got a new interior leather. In? Oh, oh! Do you want to know? <laughs> do you know what they added? Yeah, it's now leather as standard. Which... I didn't know
3: you could get an Infinity without leather. Oh, you could. I believe synthetic was leather.
1: Could you? If you tried, if you was tried, it was, if you it, tried? It, it was like a leatherette, and it was like vinyl. It was basically like a oh. vinyl truck seat. It was terrible. Oh, that's is nasty. It, to be nice and gentle, <laughs> Infinity's leather is not very good. Uh, it must be like the leftover scraps of what's left of the leather that they throw in their car in so, in the Q50 at least.
0: Yeah, so they still have <clears throat> pretty much everything the same, except they now have wireless Apple CarPlay, although still wired Android Auto. Um, okay,
1: but <laughs> Android always gets the butt of it. But that's wireless like, Apple CarPlay is. Is it on the
2: same exact screen it was previously? Yes. yes. Or did it? They- Okay,
0: so that's interesting.
1: That like, I'm surprised they're able to retrofit
3: 2015.
2: That. Yeah,
0: this is 2014, no, 20, I think, is when this 20, car came 20, out. 2013 is when we first got them. Oh my god, <laughs> it you don't even know. but yeah, so uh, and it uh, wasn't
2: amazing in 2013. No, yeah, it was. I, I actually, remember when that came out, and they made a big deal about it having the Intel inside because Intel made the chip for it. Yeah. And, and then not long after that, you stop seeing the Intel co-branding because they didn't want to be associated with it because it was <laughs> such a laggy piece of like technology. They're like, oh, we should brand our name on that. What they did with it, our technology was not what we were hoping. Yeah.
0: So over in Japan, they already have an updated version, um, which they, let's see. Yeah, here. 2021.
3: So it literally, just looks like they put a Maxima bumper on. It's, the it's not, yeah, it's not.
0: It's not super updated. Oh wait, the the rear looks a lot Same better. The like that, okay, that looks yeah, pretty good. That's,
3: that's kind of pain I mean, the
0: old, but just R- still
1: light. LED bars to circles from.
3: Line. Yeah,
0: it's still very minimal.
3: And actually, should... I don't know. I just don't. Can they put a big big wing on it? You can get pro
2: on it that's pro pilot assist is a great safety system i actually thought that was good in the um Nissan Leaf uh, can video. you
1: get that on the q50 in america i think you, you probably can i know you can get i know you can i, get, know. I, know you you get can. I think auto cruise and lane to keep and all that but really the, the only changes so that is, they've made have oh, been like they've nip tucked the headlights and taillights they so put think the you can metal get over it. the Bose speakers. That's it it
0: cool. has a a a limited profile. It's not the blue button with the. No, uh, yeah, I, yeah, the I think it's
1: just
2: like yeah. lane bouncing versus. Whatever so if going. you're
0: spending fifty grand on a sedan, I don't know why. <laughs> I, it's hard to justify Infinity's existence
2: sometimes. Well, <laughs> <But> to be <laughs> fair, it's probably not fifty grand. You're probably gonna get like. Seven thousand dollar repayment and five thousand off, so it's gonna be more like 39 after yeah. it's all said and done. So,
3: I just at least deal
2: where they just give you it for free or something, like if you
3: said, you Jordan, Tell people about it. There's so many other things you could have for the money, yeah. That you could have
1: a Maxima Platinum for less, it's probably it's nicer car.
3: to be totally honest. Might be. Yeah, I think uh, it will feel nicer is. on the inside, yeah. It has now, real leather.
2: Infinity. <laughs> All of this will be forgiven. All your your sins forgiven. We will say only nice things. All you have to do is bring out that GTR powered version of it that you teased years ago, the El Rouge or whatever it was, and up the corner on Spa. Do that. I will drive GTR drivetrain <laughs> in the Q50. The rest doesn't matter. We're okay with it then. Just please
3: and a big wing. <laughs> big
2: wing, yeah, big wing
3: on top. Yeah, I'd have a big wing.
2: Yeah. How, I mean, I don't know.
3: Does anyone remember that
2: concept? I thought that was going to be the coolest car. Because like the idea of like GTR. I guess, a I'm cool
3: kind of at a, at a loss at why they haven't used that GTR platform for something in the Infinity lineup. That's a good idea. It is such a, like, solid, I mean, it's a little bit old at this point, but it's Nissan. Yeah. You You know, maybe throw a different gearbox on it or something that,
2: you know, (laughs) updates the drivetrain experience a little bit, because the GTR drive uh, gearboxes, I have driven one. I've never experienced a longer six to 3rd gear downshift in in automatically. I didn't click pause. I just left it in. And put my foot down. I've never felt a longer downshift in my life. That's um, why I'm kind of curious. They're doing this with the shifter. Yeah, they got it. It's good one gear at a time on power, but other than that, you know. Well, I think yeah, these actually, are... it could be slower. It wouldn't even have to be as fast as the GTR. It could be heavier yeah, and luxurious. It would yeah. be cool. That's what blows actually, my mind. Actually, that's a really good idea. What blows my Infinity, mind? Infinity, you can start paying us anytime you'd like. Is there, there
0: there are people who are out there buying brand new GTRs for what 150 grand? What are they? Now? Like 120. Yeah, whereas instead you could have a Mercedes S-Class. S class, S63. <laughs> Wagon? No, just the Mercedes uh GTS. G- what was the little? A-G-G-T. A-G-G-T, yeah, you, you could you could have a used a slightly used one. I of the- could
3: get them new for
2: that. You for get them. a very good 911. Yeah, you could get all the F Type SVR V8 you want, and that is yes. a great car. Well, Audi amazing. R8. Audi R8. I was gonna say AMG
0: GT r
2: That cheap? I didn't realize that. Oh, I, you, can I don't go, know.
0: you can find it for fifty grand. Yeah, Uh um,
2: <laughs> I, I thought we were talking new. <laughs> no, I, I think new is. It's got to be fair. Got to go. New. I
3: think right. if it's brand new probably not an r8 but you could get like an rs6 something super cool mm-hmm.
2: rs7 yeah um yeah I mean, it gets you a lot of like high you know m8 competition yes. and
3: yeah you can get a
2: lot of great car for the i think money.
3: they just released the m5 cs Glad, i don't know why you Modo wouldn't that. Yeah, model, model
2: that <laughs> there's no shortage of like just under $150,000 performance vehicles out there. That yeah. is a really hot segment. The like 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 100 especially to 150 range is really pretty strong. sad in yeah. reality. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. But
1: I think that
2: was, you know, I'd have to look at inflation data, but I wonder if that was the sub $100,000, you know, was. super Not competitive sure. thing. I think it's just all moved up, you know, with inflation. Yeah.
0: Well, Solid show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, once again, quick shout out to our sponsor, EV Wash. Um, they plant a tree for every product sold. So definitely so give please them. Please buy some. Yeah, buy some. Support the folks who support us. Um, the code again is out of spec thirty for thirty percent off your wash kit, and that is out of spec thirty, no spaces, capital O, capital O, capital S. And um, yeah, we are out of spec, and we are at. Lots of things. Um, Twitter is where you can see a lot of stuff, especially what Kyle's up to. Hopefully he'll be back on the show pretty soon, but he's still in Europe, but uh, pretty close to coming back over here. Yeah. we he might need a
1: whole show dedicated to his trip. Pretty much. Yeah.
2: <laughs> might need a couple.
0: Yeah. So check out, <laughs>
1: check out all those
0: crazy YouTube videos he's been doing in Germany and Norway and everywhere in between France. Um, and my Twitter is Jordan underscore Schiefer, And we've got Mike at M underscore Breland. Austin is uh, Instagram at flywheelfilms and Ben is Benji underscore OOS. And we will see you very soon in another show.